Crispin here on the North Shore Vineyard Church audio podcast. Today on the podcast, we're looking at one of the most famous of psalms from the Old Testament, Psalm 23, a psalm of David. It starts off with, the Lord is my shepherd. Though this is a familiar psalm, I'm hoping that through the message today, we can uh, connect with God in a meaningful way through these song, these ancient song lyrics uh, from the Old Testament. So without further ado, let's go ahead and head to the talk, North Shore Vineyard Church, downtown Covington. Thanks for listening. to get into the message today. Uh, anybody make it out to Jazz Fest the last week or so? Yeah. We need like a little app to connect with all the North Shore Vineyard people at Jazz Fest. Um, I think one of my favorite things about living in southeastern Louisiana, you know, I grew up out in West Texas and there wasn't much of a music scene out there, but I love being down in Southeast Louisiana that we have access to some of the greatest music in the world. I mean, if you look at like per capita, <laughs> per capita, there are more music venues in New Orleans than probably anywhere else uh, in the United States. And so I make sure that every year when it comes to this time of the year, I don't have a, there's a reason we don't have a whole lot of stuff on the church calendar. It's purely selfish. Um, so I can go soak in some live music. And so in the last week, I, I swear, like, I feel like I got a music hangover. I've caught so much live music at Jazz Fest and, and uh, other nighttime concerts. I've heard rock bands, blues bands, soul bands, brass bands, Cajun, Zydeco bands, even heard some Cuban music, some experimental jazz. I even got to hear my daughter at a festival. Dizzy Louisa. Yes, I'm related to her. <laughs> and that's the coolest thing to get to hear my own daughter play the songs that she wrote uh and and that's 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 really cool like she's like a, a person her own person now um so so that was cool but i think one of my favorite things uh in this last week of experiencing music was um on friday i was at the gentilly stage over at jazz fest and uh uh, getting ready to hear Anders Osborne, who I think is probably one of the best songwriters in New Orleans uh, right now, but I've never been able to catch him in his band live. And uh, I was standing out there, and he gets up there on stage, and he kind of did it different than typically people do it at Jazz Fest. He didn't come out there with the band just rocking, you know, get the crowd moving. He came out there with an acoustic guitar, and for the first three songs, he just sang with mainly an acoustic guitar. And it's, it's a wonderful thing. I noticed this with Allison Krauss at Jazz Fest a few years ago. She sang that song, Down to the River to Prayer, pray a cappella in front of like 50,000 people, and everybody got quiet. And I'm like, when you see, it gives you chills. There's like something 
going on. I, I, I read recently about studies on the human brain, and they, they actually discovered that your brain is actually two brains. Uh, we can... We can uh, yeah, your left brain and right brain, and, and that actually when you cut the connections between the two sides of your brain, you still exist, but now you've got two brains, and they both behave very differently. So the right side of your brain is your sense of being, your sense of presence, awareness. Uh, a lot of your emotions come from your imagination, your creativity come from the kind of right brain, whereas the left side of your brain happens to be the, the part that makes sense of reality. It, it thinks, you know, your right side of your brain doesn't think about future or past. It's just in the moment. Uh, and then your left side of the brain tells the story. Like, you have a past. You, you can think about the future. Uh, the left side is more analytical, more logical. It's where language is. But I think the beautiful thing about music is that it engages both parts of your brain. You know, I, I read a book by a guy named, a neurologist named Oliver Sacks, wrote this book called uh, Musicophilia, where he studied the neurological effects of music on the brain. He said, most people think that music only affects the right side of your brain. But he's like, that's completely wrong. He said, just listening to music involves 16 different parts of your brain at once. And then when you're playing music, it's, it's even a lot more than that. And as I was standing out there, listening to Anders Osborne, I didn't even know the songs that he was singing. I mean, I wasn't familiar enough with, with these tunes, but I got to tell you, I, I hear it's this beautiful lyrics embedded in melodies surrounded by people who were listening. And it was one of those moments where it just got chills. I mean, I found myself, I don't even know what he's saying, but I'm about to cry. <laughs> I was moved. And when I look at the Bible, I think it is... So interesting that in this book of Holy Scriptures, right smack dab in the middle, the largest book in the Bible, the one that has the most words, is a collection of song lyrics. Just lyrics. Song lyrics that have fed and nurtured people of faith for thousands of years. And we're going to look at one of the most famous song lyrics uh, from the Old Testament. You know, the book of Psalms, uh, as with many of the other books in, in the Old Testament and the New Testament, I, many of these songs existed for years or centuries before they ever got written down in scriptures. These were the songs that formed community, that, that helped with the spiritual formation of groups of people. These were the songs that communities of people would gather together to sing, to celebrate God's goodness, or to cry out to God when things weren't going the way they wanted. Songs that, that lamented grief and loss. And psalms that were just talking about trusting in God. And we're looking at one psalm today in particular, which is probably the most famous of all psalms. People in the church and outside the church know this one. It's been in, it's been in TV shows, movies. It's even been in a rap song. What was it? Desperate Minds, the Michelle Pfeiffer movie? Dangerous Minds. Desperate Minds, that's a different one. Psalm 23. So I'll read the psalm to you first, and then I'll, I'll offer a little uh, left brain commentary, and then we will engage our whole brain again in a second. <laughs> the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. 
He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. Amen. Amen. It's good stuff. I don't even have to say anything at this point. But I wouldn't be a good pastor if I just shut up and let you go home. You know, I realize as a pastor, the, the, the sad reality is I can spend 40 hours during the week crafting an amazing sermon. And I can preach it eloquently. And the reality is that most of you will not remember much of what I said about an hour after you walk out the door. And even less of you will remember much of it uh, come Monday morning. But the reality is when it comes to songs... The songs we sang in worship this morning, you will remember songs. That song, uh, you might find yourself later on in this week where you're struggling with anxiety and you may sing, why do I worry about tomorrow when all I got is this day? You might find yourself in a, in a time of, of, of having difficulty trusting in God. And you might find yourself singing that song, I will trust you. In my weakness would you come. There is something about lyrics embedded in music that sticks with us and comes back to us in times of trial, in times of frustration, central to our faith. And when I look at this song in particular, as a songwriter myself, I... I wonder, how, what was the story behind the song? What's the behind the music? You know that song we sang in worship, Why Will I Worry About, Why Do I Worry About Tomorrow? I can give you the story on that. I wrote that about four years ago, and we were in a tight spot financially. We had a lot of bills come up, and our savings account was about down to nothing. And I was wondering, how am I going to provide for my family? I don't know how I'm going to do this. And I'm worried. And it was that kind of worry that, that kind of just hangs on you like a dark cloud for days or weeks at a time. And finally, I, I was just I was so overcome with obsessing about how am I going to make all this stuff work. I was just reminded gently by the Holy Spirit, what about the words of Jesus from the Sermon on the Mount? And I started re reflecting on those where Jesus says, don't worry about what you're going to wear. Don't worry about the food on the table. Don't worry about where you're going to stay. Seek first the kingdom of God, and everything will be taken care of. Instead of worrying, why don't you go outside and look at birds and flowers and know that you are immensely more valuable to God? And so what I did that afternoon was I went out on my back porch in Abita Springs, and I sat there and I looked at the squirrels, looked at the trees, the insects. I let creation testify me of, to me of God's goodness. And in that moment, I felt God inviting me to be a part of his divine ecosystem of giving and receiving, of generosity and surrender. And I picked up my guitar, and those were the words that came out. When I look at this Psalm 23, 
I imagine how David must have written this. We know David was a shepherd. And being a shepherd meant you spend a lot of time alone, a lot of time in solitude. Well, he wasn't alone. He had a lot of sheep with him. (laughs) And David would spend his days leading a herd of sheep from one place to the other to find pasture where they could eat, leading them down to a brook to drink water. He was there with his rod and staff to drive away the wolves, the coyotes, the lions, the the predators that would threaten his sheep. And when one of his sheep wandered off the path, stumbled down, got cut up, he would be there to rub oil in the wound to take care of it. And I can imagine David at the end of a long day of working with sheep. He's got the sheep all bedded down. He's sitting by the fire with his Martin guitar or, or lute. And uh, he's thinking back over the day. And as he thinks back over the day, he says, You know, God, the way that I take after these sheep, take care of them to make sure they have food and water, that when they're sick, they're cared for. The way that I make sure that the predators stay away from them, you do that to me. God, you're my shepherd. I'm like a sheep. I'm a dumb animal sometimes. I can't see where to go. I need somebody to lead me. And God, you lead me. You take care of me. You're the shepherd of my life, and you're a good shepherd. I can... Imagine David riffing on that idea and then beginning to put these ideas to melodies and chords and just being overwhelmed with God's goodness in that moment. So let's look at this psalm for a moment. The Lord is my shepherd. He's the one that directs my life, that leads me, that protects me. And the very next line is, I shall not want. What a strange line in today's world. We are being hit with want from every direction, aren't we? I mean, wants are everywhere. Social media, media, marketers, advertisers, drive this car, live in this kind of house, wear these kind of clothes, get this kind of hair cut. You need these kind of dietary supplements in your life if you really want to be happy. Do this. Buy this. You need this pimple lotion. (laughs) Once or everywhere. I find myself all the time. I'm just like, it's really bad, like as a musician. I'm like, I just need to go buy some chords plug my guitar in. Oh, that, that guitar, it looks so beautiful. Uh, maybe I need that. And we, we just find ourselves pulled away by once all the time. But what David is saying is, as we follow the good shepherd, we are free from want. When we trust our lives into God's hand, we can receive the things that he brings into our lives without finding ourselves constantly grasping for the latest things that are all around us. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. I was reading a, a Bible scholar, Old Testament scholar this week that 
was talking about this line, he restores my soul. Oftentimes when we think of the word soul outside of Jazz Fest, we think of this disembodied essence of who you are that will continue on into eternity. That's not exactly what the Jewish people were thinking of in the Old Testament. This phrase, restore my soul, really means restore my whole being. As we follow after God, he restores us in a holistic way. He puts us back together. He leads me in right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and staff, they comfort me. You know, when I became a Christian uh, back in my early 20s, I was told that if you follow Jesus, your life is just going to get better and better and easier and easier. You are going to be exempted from the, the stuff that, that uh, plagues all them sinners out there. You know, If you follow God, you're going to have wider teeth, fresher breath. You're going to prosper in every area. I mean, it's just going to be great. And I understand why that idea is, is tempting. I understand why people want to believe that. I want to believe that. But it's not an idea that we see in Scripture. We don't see that in the Bible. We see oftentimes the biggest heroes of faith went through the most junk along the way. <laughs> but I love what this psalm says. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, as the King James refers to it, the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. We are not guaranteed that in following Jesus, life is going to get any easier. In, in fact, for many people, life is going to get harder and difficult, and there will be times of darkness and despair, but we will never find ourselves alone in that. God, your shepherd, is with you. But the good news doesn't stop there. Because he says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. What is a rod and staff for you non-shepherds in here? That's the way the shepherd protects his sheep. It's to beat up the wolves and the critters that are coming after the sheep. The sheep can rest because they know they're protected by God. God is with them. And I love this next line because he says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. When we are surrounded by darkness, when we are surrounded by enemies who want to take us down, that is the exact place we will find God laying forth a banquet. He sustains us lavishly even in the times where we are threatened to be taken down. That's the kind of shepherd we serve. Don't shout me down now. And the good news keeps getting better. Because then he goes on to say, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Another Bible scholar I was reading this week on this passage said, and a more accurate translation would be, surely goodness and mercy shall dog me, shall hound me all the days of my life. There is this sense that, that even as a stupid sheep, when I wander off the path, do something stupid, break my leg, get off in the weeds, 
God's goodness and mercy are going to hunt me down. I'm a marked man or marked sheep. They will hound me. I can tell you that to be true in my life. There have been times where I've run away. been times when I've been lost and confused, and God's goodness and mercy just hunt me down. And he closes by this. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord my whole long life. I want to invite the band back up here. Because while reading song lyrics is fun, song lyrics were meant to be sung. And I really believe that I want us to close today by experiencing these words somewhat the way that, I mean, I'm sure they didn't have the same arrangement to this song back in uh, the old days. But I want us, there is something that happens when we sing together, scientifically, on a neurological level. There are chemicals that are released in your brain when you sing together with other people. And good chemicals. Trust me. There's something about singing to the Lord as a group of people together, praying the same words, saying the things to God. And so as we come to this today, even with the, uh, the, the needs of individuals in this room this morning that are going through different things, and even for us as a church to be able to discern, as I mentioned earlier, you know, I'm just trying to hear God for, for, for God's future for us as a church. Let's just ask the Lord to lead us together. Why don't you stand? Lord, you are our shepherd. We will lack for no good thing. For you take us to the pastures that are good. You lead beside still waters. Bring refreshing to our souls. As you guide us in the paths make us free lead on
Wiederhören.